Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. It's a very exciting day because it's Vision Sunday. And uh, if you've never been to a Vision Sunday before, that is, um, don't, don't stress, don't worry. It's just a little bit different than what it usually is. The Bible in the book of Habakkuk says, write the vision down, make it plain so that those who read it can run with it. And that's the idea of Vision Sunday. It's that simply we all get on the same page. We remind ourselves of the imagined future that God has for us to create passion in the present. And what happens is we grab a hold of that, we apply it to our lives and we say, Lord, how would you have us be a part of that? And we go for it in Jesus' Name. And so um, vision is simply, like I said, a picture of the imagined future to create passion in the present. And we look at it and, and we frame it around the words of Jesus. His mission to His church has not changed. He didn't write another bunch of Gospels and, and, uh, and, you know, inspire somebody with it and say, here, actually, I've changed my mission. Now, His last commandment is still our first priority. And that is simply the words of Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go into all the world and make disciples, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey all things. That is Jesus' mission for the church. And so all we have is just a unique expression of that mission inside the Chapel Collective. And for us, it's simply reaching seekers, building believers and raising churches. We have decided that that is our mandate as a church. Happy birthday to Caitlin Pace, everybody. (laughs) Happy birthday to you, a daughter of the house. It's so good to have you here on your birthday, Katie girl. Uh, We are reaching seekers, building believers and raising churches. The way that we do this is simply we say, that no matter, you know, we don't feel particularly called into spaces of atheism to preach the gospel there. They would probably say some things and I'd be, huh, it's a really good point. <laughs> we don't feel like we've got apologetic people who go into that, though you might. But we don't feel like that's what our church is called to. We're looking for where God is already at work. We're looking for people who are seeking. And then we're also wanting to build believers. We want to create environments that seekers can come to and taste and see that the Lord is good. But then we also want those environments to build believers and we never want to resolve that tension. If you've got tension at home this morning, well, be blessed because you can come to church and have tension as well. (laughs) We actually just come to church and, and if you're a believer in this place, we always want to maintain a sense of tension that this is not all about you, that this is also about people who are coming in who don't yet know Jesus, that they can taste and see that the Lord is good, that it's not just all Christianese to them, they don't understand a thing, but they get a sense of what God is up to on the earth. And then not only that, we don't want it to get to the point where the seekers are really cool because we need them to be uncomfortable because Jesus is changing them from the inside out just like He is us. And so we need to continue to ensure that that tension remains of reaching seekers and building believers. And then we also want to raise churches, whether a church needs strengthening and we can help with that, whether a church is in Europe and we can help with church planning training, whether a church is needing to be planted, we want to continue to raise churches Because God has not come up with a plan B. He said He's coming back for His bride. He's coming back for the church. And so we're going to continue to pursue that. Now, our unique strategy for that unique expression of Jesus' mission for the church is go, gather and grow. And go is simply that we put Jesus within reach of people reaching out. Gather is simply that we create compelling gatherings that reach seekers and build believers. 
and grow is that we wanna go deeper to grow, grow stronger, both biblically and relationally. That is the strategy that we believe that God has mandated this house with. And so we're gonna to continue to pursue that. Nothing about that has changed. We also have a vision for the future. We've got a mission, we've got a vision, we've got a strategy. And the vision that we're believing for is that we live in great communities. Does anybody love Tamworth? I love Tamworth. I never wanna forget that I love Tamworth. There's lots not to love, let's face it. Um, I didn't say that out loud. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I love Tamworth. I love that we've raised our kids here. I love that I get to wake up in Tamworth. There's plenty of places in the world I would not want to wake up this morning, but I get to wake up in Tamworth. I always want to remember the blessing that is maintained by that, but not just Tamworth, the community of the Northwest and various places where we have expressions of Jesus' church. We live in great communities. We believe that they are communities where there are thousands upon thousands of men, women and children in desperate need of Jesus and a generation of Christians who are dreaming of an Acts 2 church. We believe that we can be those churches. Where we're churches, not just in our community, us four and no more, but we're churches for the community. Where you could examine our churches and say, wow, they really love the places that they're a part of. I can tell by the way that they're acting. I can tell by the way that they're working for the good of that city or that town. We believe that we, we can be churches where people come and their lives rise from ruins into flourishing futures. We believe that we can be churches that, are, that lives are expanding, not wastelands, lives expanding though waistlines go for it after fasting. Um, well, lives are expanding, well, enlarging rather, and their wall, its walls are expanding. We want to keep believing for those things. You know, we actually want to believe that we'll be, the Chapel Collective will be a thousand strong, reaching thousands more. Why? Because we love the number a thousand? No, that's gross. Because we want to keep reaching people. And when we get to 1,000, we're going to believe for 5,000. And we believe when we reach 5,000, we'll believe for 20,000. We want to be continually reaching out with the love of Jesus to whoever is in our communities and we'll keep going and going. You know, we're actually still believing for 10 strong. You might've heard that a couple of years ago. We're still believing for that. And at that time, we didn't have five, but now we've got five strong. And, uh, and we are believing that God will continue to strengthen His church. Daz and I had the opportunity to go all around our churches from November to the end of January. And they were all places, Gunnedah, Gaira, Bendemir, Armadale here, that people loved and loved to invite to. And so we, we thank God for that. They have amazing teams and amazing pastors in all those locations. And it's, it's a blessing as we went around. Um, our online community, pastored by Nathan Marie, it's also strengthening. We've made changes again to ensure that our resources are going to the best place possible as a part of that online community. Um, also, Daz and I have made personal changes uh, to strengthen the crew on the coast. And so we're continuing to strengthen and we're also continuing to look for where God might be at work, where He might provide the right place, the right person and the right time to see another location there because we wanna raise churches. We wanna see His kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's, uh, we've, the vision hasn't changed and we're gonna live in pursuit of that. In fact, what we're going to talk about today is meant to facilitate pursuing that vision. And so what we're going to talk about today, the vision for this year, is a cultural value that we've had for a long time, but we're going to bring real focus to it this year. And it's acts like family, feels like home. Acts like family, feels like home. A church that acts like family, feels like home. I don't know what you feel when you hear that. Maybe you're like, ooh, family, gross. Like maybe your family is dysfunctional and you feel a bit like, oh, but 
For me, like I feel the Spirit of God on that statement. A church that acts like family feels like home and my family's not perfect. Lockie. <laughs> my family's not perfect. My family of origin's not perfect. My family now isn't perfect. But acts like family feels like home. I feel like the Spirit of God would say, yes, that is what I intended for the church. I never intended the church to rock up to a service and then go home and live their life through the week. I intended for them, when I called them my sons and my daughters and knit them together as a holy temple, I meant for them to act like family, not just be called family. We just sang a song that was, your blood runs through my veins. And you might've gone, what does that mean? But it simply is metaphorical that Jesus shed His blood for us. We are covered by that blood and set free. And so now we are part of the one family. And if you haven't experienced that yet in this place, that is what this year is all about, that we might act like family and feel like home. Now, in all our other locations, they're listening to what I'm saying right now. It was pre-recorded earlier in the week. And then their local pastors are bringing expression to that. And so here, I'm talking, obviously, and then Andrew's going to talk more broadly about Tamworth and Linnea and Mikey as the 10am service pastors are going to speak to this service. So I want to just briefly cover Gather and Grow because they're going to cover it more fully. Because even though the vision stays the same and the strategy stays the same, we bring focus to that strategy around acts like family, feels like home. So simply gather, Mikey's going to expand on Fifth Sunday Community. If you went to the Fifth Sunday Community in January, you may have gotten burnt like I did. Anyone else? Yeah, great, cool, okay, friends. Um, So Fifth Sunday Community. We're also bringing real emphasis to the hour after church being as important as the hour of. This week, our family got to go around to Nathan and Christy Robinson's house for dinner. Uh, Sorry if you're fasting about this next story. But um, it was like, it was so cool because I got to hold little baby Tommy. That's always a good day for me. And we're around the table. Christy brings out this massive big round board with a baked dinner on it. And so we're eating and hoeing in. But can you imagine if we just got there, ate the food and said, thanks for that, we'll see you another time and left. You see, that's what a church that doesn't value the hour after looks like. It's like just rocking up, being transactional and then saying, see you later. A church that values the hour after does what we did around that dining table and we sat and we talked and Nathan gave our kids words of encouragement and prophecy and and we were mutually encouraged and I got to hold baby Tommy which filled up my love tank and all these great things happen around the table. That's what the hour after church is meant to look like. Mutual encouragement, words that that bless you. Hold a baby if you're cleared. (laughs) Gather. They're going to bring more expression to that. They'll also bring more expression to grow. Uh, But I just want to mention our spiritual growth campaigns. That this year, the ones that are topical, we always do two books, two topical, they will be focused around acts like family, feels like home. And not just the biblical imperatives attached to that. The Bible has like hundreds of times one another, love one another, serve one another, bless one another, encourage one another, so many. And they're biblical imperatives and they're important. But I believe that you already know that. You already feel that. You feel like there should be a one another component to church. It's more that you feel like your life is hectic and busy and you don't know how to simplify it. So we want to equip you and simplify, help you simplify your life to be able to be a church that acts like family and feels like home. So that's gather and grow. And then we're going to do random acts of family. If you've heard of random acts of kindness, We've just ripped that pretty much. (laughs) And we're going to make it random acts of family where we intentionally uh, be good to the family of believers. The Bible says, be good to everyone, especially the family of believers. And so we're going to bring real focus to that. 
Um, but let me go to Go for a second because Acts Like Family Feels Like Home and Go might seem slightly at odds with each other. And you might have thought, oh, this is great, Bron. We've always been, let's bust ourselves and take that hill. And now it's finally about the church. Thank you. Or you might think, um, oh, it's what the studies say, that after 10 years, a church turns inward. Well, good job, Bron and Daz. You waited till 11 years, but you've turned inward. Um, That's not what this is at all. It couldn't be further from the truth because our Jesus tells a story about a good shepherd who leaves the 99 safe sheep and goes and finds a one. And I reckon that that sheep would have missed mulesing season and, and, and uh, you know, drafting and all that kind of stuff and probably had fly strike and um, hand, foot and mouth disease. Can sheep have hand disease? Hoof and mouth. Hoof and mouth. Yeah, that's what we, that's what we like to call it in the biz. Um, <laughs> so yeah, foot and mouth disease, just feet for sheep. And, uh, and, so the, but, and would have been smelly and dirty and the shepherd picked that sheep up and brought it back into the safe, clean, nice pen. And there was much rejoicing over the sheep that was lost that had now been found. And that is what a church that acts like family and feels like home does. It doesn't just wrap arms around each other and sing Kumbaya. It goes to find the smelliest, dirtiest people that you can find and the ones who feel like they're unlovable and feels like they're very far from Christ and wraps their arms around them and says, I think I can introduce you to someone and to a family of people that you will love. The Bible says that God sets the lonely in families. That's what meant for acts like family and feels like home. A story that exemplifies this for me is one of our Gyra pastors, Kerry Pollard. We call her Polly. And Polly um, was at State Conference. We, at State Conference, we take our staff and our location pastors and their families. We stay together and we do conference together, except for Daz and I, because of Daz's role, it's the busiest work week of our, lo- our year. It's like 16 hour days and we don't get to see any of those people that we love. Good to see people that we love, just not those people that we love. But there was this one lunch and it was a women's lunch and I had no responsibility. So I was texting the ladies from our churches going, hey, let's sit together. Can someone get there early? Can someone save a bunch of seats? This is who's coming. Let's sit together. And I was so pumped. I was so excited, so ready because they were hanging out all week, but I hadn't really gotten to see them. And so they're there at the lunch and Natty's there and saving seats. And then Polly comes up. Now, Polly on the way up the stairs has met someone from Tenterfield. And she's like, oh, who are you here with? And this lady said, oh, no one, I'm here by myself. And Polly's like, come sit with us, which is beautiful. Except we didn't save a seat for the Tenterfield lady. She's like, what are we supposed to do now? And so, of course, everyone's doing the Christian thing. Oh, I'll go away and sit at this table. I'll go. I'm like, no, this is my one chance to sit with you guys. We're sitting together. And I'm like bumping the chairs all up to each other and we're squished around the table. And that is the picture of what it's meant to look like when we act like family and feel like home. We're willing to get uncomfortable so that the whosoever wills can come and be received and accepted at the table. And that's what we're going to do. Candy Tyndall told me this story about Jeremiah Marwa. And uh, she was out in the foyer. Now, those of you who know Candy Tyndall know that she is loved and she loves very well. And, uh, but as happens for all of us, she was in the foyer by herself one day, just found herself to be on her own and feeling a little bit awkward. Anyone identify? Yeah, it just happens sometimes. And so what happened was Jeremiah Marawa went up to her and said, Sister, come and sit with us. And he took her to the table of Fijians, which is not exclusive, by the way. They'll welcome any of us. But he sat Candy down and he said, sit here, sister. And then he went over and got some slice for the table and put it in the centre of the table. And they made room for Candy to sit there. Now, they had to, it was a cost. Betty and 
Asaneka and everyone else, there was a cost. They had to stop speaking Fijian. Now, Betty, you'll be pleased to know I Googled what language do Fijian speak, so I was accurate. Fijian, it turns out. <laughs> so that was good. There were no more bulavanakas or anything like that. Sorry if that's a swear word. And, uh, and they were at the table. They couldn't speak like that. They had to uh, accommodate candy being at the table. And that's what it looks like when we as a church don't just like say kumbaya. We accommodate whoever's coming to the table. We'll say we'll get uncomfortable. It'll be costly for us and we don't care as long as people can come. So... Let me throw up a visual on the screen for you with a cross in the middle of a linear plane. Imagine this cross and imagine you've got before Christ and after Christ. People have decided to follow Jesus at the cross and then they're followers of Him on that side. But before this, they're not followers of Him. You have a couple of groups of people. Firstly, you've got the unsaved. That simply means haven't decided to follow Jesus yet, haven't experienced His free gift of salvation yet. But they're also uninterested. That's why they've got the eye roll. Everyone, eye roll. <laughs> Now, you might be imagining someone right now. They are unsaved and they are uninterested. You talk to them about Jesus, they're like, ugh, and they could care less. There are people like that in your workplace. There are people like that in your family. And then there's those who are unsaved, but they're actually interested. That's the next little emoji that's about to come up on screen. They're unsaved, but they're interested. They're curious. Then, now, hmm. Um, then the next group, they've decided to follow Jesus and now they're converts. Uh, and then you've got people that have been on the journey and they're now disciples and disciple makers. Now, the difference between converts and disciples is simply that a convert, it's still largely about me. I'm following Jesus, but I love the messages that teach me about me and tell me how to live my best life. And a disciple is someone who applies the cross to their life and says, it's no longer about me, it's now about others. And sometimes we slip back into the convert space, right? And we need to apply the cross again and go to the discipleship. Play, stop preaching and get back to these people over here. Okay, unsaved and uninterested. In your family, when you send out invites, when you send out texts and you get nothing in return because the person that you're texting is uninterested, what do you do? You cut them off, you remove them from the Christmas list, you block their number on your phone and you write them out of your will. Can I get an amen? <laughs> no, that is not what you do. You let them, you honour their disengagement. You love them. You let them know that you're there for them and you honour their disengagement. When you're ready, I'm right here. When you're good to go, I'm right here and I'm here for you no matter what. And I love you. And I'm not going to be annoying, but I'm going to be me. And you're going to talk about cars and I have to put up with that. So I'm going to talk about God and you have to put up with that. But I'm not going to annoy you with that because that's just annoying. So I honour your disengagement. That's what acting like family to those people looks like. But this year, we're going to learn to identify those who are unsaved but interested Curious. You're going to hear language like identifying people of peace. You're going to hear language like recognizing where God is already at work. And you're going to learn what to do with those people, what God's next step for you might be with those people. And guess what? It's not scary. How good's that? It's not freaky. It's awesome. And so we're going to learn about how to do that as it relates to go. Okay. Well, oh, just need to give the disclaimer. Any introverts here that are dying currently? Are you talking about more social activity, Bron? Yep, I see you. I see that hand. Just pray this prayer. <laughs> Yo, I get it. Life is busy. And sometimes my nights, I'm like, please, Lord, let that person cancel. Like, I'm just being honest with you right now. Let that social engagement cancel. 
<laughs> let them get COVID. No, um, <laughs> whatever it might be. We're busy. Life is hectic. Life is exhausting. We have our own uh, pressures on our time with our families. Sometimes we don't feel like we get to see the friends that we love, let alone anyone else. I want to tell you this is not to add load. This is simply to say no to some things, to learn to say no to some things and let go of some things to say yes to the things that God values most. So if you're an introvert, it's going to be okay. If you're an extrovert, let me give the disclaimer that this does not mean that everyone's house is now open to you and you can show up unannounced. That's, that's not how this works. There are still boundaries. But we're going to learn to apply God's will to our lives. And let's face it, if we believe that His plan for us is good and the best life that we can live, then we want to apply the things that even seem unnatural to us. Why? Because we're not called to live culturally savvy. We're called to live kingdom culture. We're called to bring heaven to earth. We're called to live in the upside down kingdom. I've been saying this to people and I said that I got permission from my Fijian brothers and sisters. I just kind of took permission. I didn't actually ask for it. (laughs) We only learned to live like Fijians. Our Fijian brothers and sisters, they know how to do life together. They know how to simplify and let some things go in order to pursue what God's best is for our lives. And so we're going to believe for that in Jesus' name. And um, let me read one scripture, Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. We're not going to do that unless God calls us to. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. We'll do that. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Pastor Andrew's going to come and contextualise this for Tamworth. We welcome him. Oh, good morning, everyone. We've got a communal water here, do we? Yeah, I'll have a swig. COVID's a thing of the past, isn't it? All right. Okay, cool. Just reading the room. (laughs) All right. Hey, I'm going to throw a graphic up here on the script. Well, not me. Phoebe Rankmore is. But there's a graphic up here. Who remembers the neighbourhood watch? Yeah? I saw one of these the other day. It's the first time I've seen one probably since about the 90s, I reckon. So if you don't know, because you were born after 1984, um, in 1984, the New South Wales Police rolled out this function for the community called the Neighbourhood Watch. And so anyone who uh, wanted to help with justice in their community would put a Neighbourhood Watch sticker on their letterbox or on their front door and they would proclaim that they are looking out for safety in their neighbourhood. And so the idea was we'd have heaps of people throughout the neighbourhood looking out for um, riffraff or foul play or whatever. So they're just peeping out of their windows. A bit creepy these days. But anyway, in the 80s and 90s, it wasn't. Neighbourhood watch. Anyway, but the, the context there was that everyone played their part to make sure that the community was better off. And so a couple of weeks ago, I was going for a bit of a walk run uh, with a dog and um, I saw one of these on a letterbox and I got thinking, what if we knew exactly in our neighbourhood where the Christians are? What if we walked past a house and we knew exactly that that was where 
prayer meetings happened. That was where a connect group or Bible study happened. That was where people went for healing, for restoration, for meals of fellowship and all of that. Now, if you're from the Bible Belt of Kalala, everyone's Christian there anyway, aren't they? So you don't have to think about that. But for us other heathens who live in a different postcode or a different suburb, I think about this often. Um, But anyway, so I thought, how good would it be to see Tamworth just lit up with Christian homes where we knew about it, where we knew that there were people of peace there, there were Christians, there were Bible believers, there were salvations happening in our streets, in our neighbourhoods, in our community. And the Acts passage that Pastor Bron just read out talks about meeting in homes. They went from home to home doing the Lord's Supper. Um, they also met in the temple every day. Now, you don't have to come here every day. Um, But if you'd like to, 6.30 every morning during prayer and fasting, we pray. Did you know that there are a group of believers who come here every morning at the moment and are praying for you? When you wake up and you go about your day knowing that there are people in this room praying for you, you do things differently. You feel empowered. You feel like the Lord is with you because of believers in your community doing their bit and praying power into your life. That's amazing. And so as a community of believers, and I'm calling the chapel here in Tamworth a community of believers, we want to not just sit in rows on Sunday, but we want to sit in circles around lounge rooms. We want to sit in circles around cafes and pubs and in parks and around... All right. (laughs) We need to pay the electricity bill. We need, to, we need to go about doing life together. And so theoretically, I'm, not, I'm talking about here, not just the room set up, although it is lo- looking lovely this morning, but when we sit around in circles, theoretically, we face each other, we open up, we have conversation, we know about the people around us. And so we, we have a focus on them. And so when we talk about community and connect groups, we're talking about meeting in homes with other people. They might be different but they're like-minded. They might do life differently or have a different background, but they approach their faith the same way. And that's what we're trying to build here when we talk about connect groups. We talk about coming into a home and reading the Bible and fellowshipping and talking about life and doing life together as well. And when we, when we read through the Gospels, we look at Jesus and we look at how many times he was invited into homes. So Jairus, his daughter died, invited Jesus into his home. Daughter was resurrected. Matthew, tax collector, invited Jesus into his home in Mark 14. Um, and, he, and he saw tax collectors come to know Jesus. And in a home, Jesus said to the 12 disciples, I'm going to send you out. This is in Matthew 10, 11 to 13. He says, whenever you enter a city or village, search for a worthy person and stay in his home until you leave town. When you enter the home, give it your blessing. If it turns out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand. If it is not, take the blessing back. Do you know that God loves to spiritually bless homes? Do you know that if you open up your home to other Christians for ministry and for discipleship and for fellowship, God sees that and God honours that. Like, who wouldn't want to do that with their home? Who wouldn't want to do that to allow people to come to know God, to be healed, to have prophecies said over them in our own home? That just, it just takes home living to a whole nother level. 
And so I want to reiterate Pastor Bron's words that we don't want to add load to people here. We don't want this to be another thing. Oh, Vision Sunday, they're going to ask us to do something else, something more, something different. I'm so busy. I don't know where there's room in my life. No, we're not going to ask you to do that. But I reckon, and this is what God's been teaching me in prayer and fasting, is that God can rearrange things in life so that schedules can open up, so that priorities shift, so that we can do things that the Lord is asking us to do. And so this isn't a mandate. This is an invitation to be part of community-focused, Bible-believing, connect groups, interest groups, connect groups, Bible study groups, life groups, whatever vernacular you want to use, we call them connect groups. And that's what we're talking about today. We want to be intentional about changing people's lives. Can I give this Bible verse to the introverts? You're going to love this one. Proverbs 25, 17 says, don't visit your neighbours too often or you will wear out your welcome. So we're not talking about going to someone else's house the other day, every other day. We're not talking about opening up your house every day for believers. If you want to do that, that's great. Extroverts going, woo. Introverts going, steady on, mate. We don't want to do that. We don't want to promote that. But we want to, we want to promote this feeling of understanding that if you call the chapel your community, that there is activity going on in homes all over Tamworth, every day, every evening, all the time. And then where people are praying, people are getting healed, people are having a better God-driven life because of the involvement they have in the community and in our faith community. I'm not talking about a secret society. I'm not talking about an underground movement. I just want homes. I just want to see homes that are faith-building, friendship-making and fellowshipping. And that's what we're talking about. I'll tell you a quick story. A couple of years ago, Phoebe and I, Phoebe's my wife, um, Phoebe and I moved to Melbourne. So we moved to the big smoke. We knew nobody. Um, We were there for work and we prayed to God, God, would you find us a church? And so a couple of weeks of shopping around, um, we, we went through, but we went into this one church and I firmly believe God said to me, this is it. I went, okay, cool. So I went back the next week and we kept going for the six years that we were there. But a couple of weeks after arriving at that church, we were praying, God, give us our people. Give us a community of believers um, that we can do life with. And so this church gets routinely about 1,000 people through the doors every Sunday. You can't have 1,000 people, can you? You can't have 1,000 friends. Um, Maybe on Facebook for you young guys. Facebook? No? No? TikTok? Who's got 1,000 TikTok followers? All right. (laughs) Um, But you need your people. And so we prayed for that and we got that. And my my wife and I were the only couple who were both white, Anglo-Saxon. We had Africans, we had uh, Indians, we had Sri Lankans, we had Fijians, and it was so cool. And then us whiteies from Newcastle, <laughs> bogan little me. Um, so, but we, we loved it. And so the, the leaders who led that group are 15 years older than us. They're some of our closest friends today. And so the six years that we were part of that group, we had them um, just 
so into our lives in incredible ways. I remember when our, our second born, uh, our second son, Quinn, was born, they were in the delivery suite and then they helped us through that next week when um, he was in intensive care for the first week of his life. And I remember nights where uh, I had a season of unemployment and we were just there and they would pray for us around their dinner table. And I remember times where Phoebe was just so stressed with work and study and we'd just go over to their place, call them up, hey, we need to come over, we need to have a cry, we need to have a meal, we need to have a a whatever, and they would just be there and they were so into our lives. And even a couple of weeks ago, they were on holidays in Port Douglas. They decided, you know what, instead of flying straight back to Melbourne, we're going to reroute to Tamworth and have a couple of days with our mates, the Mackenzies. And that was really cool. These guys are some of our closest friends all because God led us into that connect group. And they just sowed so much into us and they, they still love us and we love them and they mentor our kids. And, and that's, that's the picture of what we're trying to build here. That's what we want to foster across our whole community. We want to invite people in and we want to make a way for people to be able to do life together and do their own life better and to help other people do life better. You know, 27% of people who call the chapel home are part of a connect group. We want to see that lifted in 2023. We're going to aim for 50%. Yeah, there's a few wins that we can get pretty quickly. We can get some runs on the board, but that's what we're aiming for. So if you want to, if you want to talk to myself or Mikey or Linnea today about joining a group, if you want to talk about hosting a group, if you want to talk about leading a group, you can host, you can open your home without leading it. That's totally fine. We have groups like that. We have them every night of the week. We have them all around town, not just in Kalala. So if you want to come and talk to us, that'd be great. And we can plug you into a group. I'm going to hand over to Pastor Linnea and Mikey, and they're going to continue on the talk. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Can we thank Pastor Ron as well? Awesome. I'm going to stand on this side just because, and I hope this is my child. I know when I've been told. That my child helps me to be able to not speak with puffing every second. So what is the vision for the 10 a.m. service? You know, the 10 a.m. service has been here for a long time. Thinking about COVID-19, the the 10 a.m. service was the service you had to book into and the chapel service hadn't started yet. Um, We can talk about how the lights are dark or how it's a later time. But the biggest thing that we want to get across And that is the vision that no matter what service you attend, that the services are all about people. They're all about people. So we're going to talk about people. We're going to talk about love, team, community, and family. So we love this service and have been humbled, like honestly humbled to be able to have been pastoring it. I was like, how many years? Three. Crazy. Three years it's been. It's flown by. Um, But again, the people are what make this service what it is. And because of you and because of the Holy Spirit, God's love has been present and he's been moving in our services. But we read this in 1 Corinthians 13, and it says this, no matter what I say, no matter what I do, no matter what I believe, I'm bankrupt without love. I'm bankrupt without it. So no matter what happens in this service, no matter what songs we hear, no matter if our projection goes out, if we don't have love, we are nothing. And love is often expressed through relationships like we're talking about. And this coming year, 
Mikey and I, and along with the greater chapel family across each service, across each location, we are believing for relationships in this service on Sunday and throughout the week and in our communities to be strengthened and belonging like a family and discipleship as Braun and Andrew talked about. And this takes something from you. It takes commitment. It takes vulnerability. It takes forgiveness. You know, some of you have been hurt by people. Some of you have been hurt by me. Some of you have been hurt by people in this own church, right? But it takes that forgiveness and trying again and reconciliation and a whole lot of grace and openness to each other. But we believe that with this vision that Braun and, and Andrew have talked about through different avenues and so beautifully presented to us is really a sweet spot. There's something in this that is really, really special in the midst of what's going on in our church that I really believe and Mikey really believes that this is a foundation that we know feels really simple but is only gonna help us launch into what's next to come so that we might be able to be strengthened, again, not to be about ourselves, but so that we can be better about others because we're healthy and we're, and we're healthy together. Um, so yeah, Mikey's going to talk a bit about some team. Yeah. Well, you know, at the end of the day, you've heard from us up here, you've heard from Bron and Andrew and Linnea. Um, but we know that we can stand up here and talk all day, but without you, the congregation yeah. and the team, nothing gets done. Um, and we just want to honor you for being committed to the 10 a.m. service, um, for serving on team, and yeah. for turning up every Sunday and being a part of this service. We strongly believe that you guys are the ones that create the community here. Yeah. And um, what we're saying today doesn't work without you. And we just want to honor you for the willingness to take on that vision and um, serve uh, the the greater vision of the Chapel Collective and what God's downloaded to Braun. And um, we just want to encourage you. This, it, this is us coming together as a family and we're going to do this together. Yeah. And so currently right now we have around 64% of those who attend this service that serve on team, which is pretty great. That's awesome. But hey, that's to say to anybody who's not, come. There is so much that can be done. There is room for you. There is space. But we also want to just continue to maintain that and grow and strengthen in that. Um, again, as Mikey said, we just want to thank you, all of our team and our team leaders that serve week in and week out for your faithfulness and the value that you bring. Because being on a team and being in a connect group, like we talk about what God wants us, it's a place to belong. It's another place to belong. And we desire for that to not only be fun, but it's something that Mikey highlighted to me is there's opportunities to grow in your gifts, to learn more about, hey, what am I really good at? Well, how does God want to use me further? There are so many things that I have done, like greeting when I was terrified to talk to people. And now I'm like, oh, I know how to have a conversation. I know how to meet people because you just give it a crack and you can try. And we have so many opportunities within this service where you can learn and God will bless it and you can understand further your gifts. So we also want to talk about our children and our youth how good are the children and the youth that we have um, in our service? And we just want to honor those people who lead those teams. Amazing. We are believing that they are going to know the word of God from young 
young ages and for years to come that Jesus is their personal savior and friend. And what does that look like? We're believing for um, just our weekly gatherings in general with our kids and our and our youth and our and our connect groups that these are going to be bunches of family becoming another family. And that is what we're believing for that. And what that looks like too, Mikey will talk about through Fifth Sunday. Yeah, so Fifth Sunday community, obviously through COVID, we weren't able to do it, um, but we're back in action and we had our first one just the other week. And um, this is just a great opportunity to come together as a family. There's only, what, four in total throughout a year. So it's not a huge commitment and it's not um, unpredictable either. Anyone can go through the calendar and find the fifth Sunday. So um, we just want to really encourage you to own that and um, to actually block it out in your calendar. Go, I'm going to be there. I'm going to choose to be a part of this community and grow in community. Um, we we, we, we want to create connection points to do life together without adding massive time commitments. Um, we believe that family is the bond that helps us grow on a deeper level. Um, who knows when you're around the dinner table or at home, um, there are, there's a deeper level of bonding there. Um, there's a deeper level of vulnerability there. Um, the conversations Linnea and I have in our home um, together is on a deeper level than what happens just out in public and we want to create spaces where we are growing on a deeper level and we want to encourage you that this is a great way to come together as a family and be a part of that and it is a quite a small commitment um you know the last week or the weekend before whenever it was dad brain (laughs) mikey says the other day and it was last year like that wasn't the other day okay um (laughs) we, we we've got a toddler she's just hit two it's so exciting um and, and, you know, it is a challenge to think, how are we going to get out there? We had a sleep in the car. You know, I used probably $20 worth of diesel to air condition that car while we are out at Lake <laughs> Keeper. Right. Um, it's worth the commitment. Yeah. It was fun. Um, and we want to encourage you, hey, think about how you can make that commitment something that you can get along to. Obviously, things limitate us sometimes, um, but try and make that a priority. And our next um, Fifth Sunday community is going to be at Dale Messens for the Super Bowl. I forgot to pray for that tomorrow. So you can, no, I'm just kidding. We forgot to pray for the Chiefs. Well, I was thinking of that. <laughs> so family, family is um, the, the, um, the second to last thing that we're going to talk about. And sometimes family can be a really tricky word. And uh, we understand that. We can have so many varying viewpoints of what that looks like and what it means to us. But we see from the beginning that God established us in families. And so they must be good. (laughs) Like there must be something we can trust him when it comes to family. And so I guess when it comes to our church family, we can have a redemptive family. You know, I was invited to a a family in California, kind of similar to Andrew. Man, that just redeemed so much of the broken things from the family that I have, though my family is awesome and I love them dearly. But you know, this can be a space for new opportunity of family. So we just want a refreshing of that. Throughout the New Testament, Jesus prioritized his family up until the cross. He was thinking about his mom. He was thinking about, hey, take care of Mary. Though that was his direct mother, that is how Jesus wants us to be thinking about when we're going through the hard times, still just thinking about others and putting them on there, on our minds. And if there is nothing that you get out of today, this is what I'd love for us to get out of, that God put children 
in families so that they can experience his love and learn how to love others. And if that's not your experience, I'm sorry. But you know what? We want this to be what you can have, and we want others to experience this as well in our greater chapter family. We want you to be in a family so that you can know God's love for you, and you can learn how to love others better. And something that I've loved in this service and just in the chapel and just in Tamworth is the level of diversity that we have been um, able to have. And we just honor God for entrusting us with that because that is incredible. This is only continuing to grow in our services and across our campuses. And it's such a blessing, not only through... um, Uh, through ages, young and old, through gender, through culture, and financial background and experience. But when we enter the church, unlike any other place that this world has to offer, we are all the same in Christ. There is no difference that that we have. And we only want to see God continue to grow us in the diversity that we have, not again for growth's sake and just to say, oh, we're growing, this is so awesome. But because people People will see our love for each other, our love and acceptance of each other's differences, and they'll want to be a part of it too. And scripture tells us that that's what happens. So we all bring something different. You bring something I don't bring, and I bring something you don't bring. And this helps our church to be much more well-rounded and mature, because we want maturity. We want to be those disciples, and it makes us more fruitful. The final thing that we want to talk about is the hour after the service. I'm sure you've heard one of us say, hey, stick around for the hour after the service for a coffee. Um, We believe that this is a vital part of acts like family and feels like home. Um, Right now, if you look to your left or your right or behind you, one of you may very well see someone that you don't know. And what's exciting about this opportunity is that um, this isn't just a responsibility of the leaders to make sure that um, guests get connected in. It's our responsibility. Um, and, and we should carry that responsibility. Each Sunday, the hour after the service, the seconds after the service, we should be stopping and looking around, not where our friends are or the people we know, but where the new people that we haven't met are. Yeah. And we should take that responsibility because we want to be a family where every new person that walks into this building gets connected in, feels loved for, feels cared for, feels seen, feels noticed. So we want to encourage you to really own that. Take responsibility for that. Look around every time you come here on a Sunday and search for those new people and try and get them connected in. And it doesn't even need to be someone that you are going to instantly be a friend with. Um, And it doesn't mean that they have to be your friend. You may not um, have things that you get along about, but you can be that connection person. Yeah. You can go, oh, I know, I know Mitch. He likes V-dubs. Who would? But you do. Let me connect you to Mitch. Um, we're, just, we're just there to be the connection person. Hey, they could be, uh, become our best friend or they might be someone that we uh, introduce to someone else. We want to encourage you. It's a great opportunity to take responsibility in this service to make sure that everyone does get connected in. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll have Bron come up. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Love hearing the passion of the service pastors wanting to make this be a place that feels like home. Um, so thank you so much for you two owning and really wanting to be responsible for that everyone would get connected. So just to bring us all in together, the part of what led us here is that the last six months, you know, Daz and I have periodically cared for different people in, in a way like this. But 
but we have not had too many needs. We've been so blessed all our lives. In the last six months, we've had probably six meals dropped around to us. We've had um, people text through songs, people text through scriptures. There's one person that every day for the last 180 days has texted through a prayer and a scripture. Um, we've, we got given a week on the coast. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that was great. Everything was great. Everything was great. I've got to remember that. Everything's great, but a week on the coast is really, really good. Um, but we've been, we got given a dinner voucher. We have been, we've experienced you guys acting like family and it feeling like home. We've never experienced the level of family that we have until we've been in real need of family. And so we're just so grateful. And what that makes me think is, I want everyone in our church to feel like that. I don't want just to feel like that because we're the pastors. I want everyone in our church to feel like that. Um, now, sometimes people don't, it's not that people don't care, it's just that they don't know. And, and you know, our stuff has been quite public and some of your stuff has been much more private and people just haven't known. But we wanna, we wanna be the church that wherever it's known, that the care is right there and that you're experiencing what I just talked about. You're experiencing family and not just us, that if our neighbour goes through something, that they're experiencing that before they even know Jesus without agenda, that it's not that, oh, well, they can't because they don't come to our church. No, they, they experience that level of family as well. Because people of God are meant to bring the Kingdom of Heaven to earth. The people of God are meant to bring heaven down. And so we wanna be those people. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.